Christmas songs that are copyright free and you can't remember any of them? This isn't even singing. This is just weird breathing. I gotta stay on brand. I do this for the theme. I gotta do it for the Christmas songs okay, too. Okay, alright, alright. <laughs> okay, yay! Hi, welcome to the of this podcast. My name is Adam Kelly. I'm with Paige Hughes. Yay, hi. Week two of the Christmas. Wait, you know what? It's we. It's week two, December. Um, I am probably actively dying at this point. I not now, but in the future. I am for, for future Abigail is looking back on this moment and going, God, I wish that were me. <laughs> um, or just not thinking at all because my mind will be pouring out of my ears. So, if you have not listened to the first episode. The first episode of this, like, holiday special series, um, we <laughs> we introduced the anthology of Vampire for Christmas, uh, which I got in a box of used books I ordered off of eBay in a fugue state. I was sitting eating breakfast in my robe when I ordered these books. So Incredible. Yeah. What a yeah, visual. Quite something. My big fluffy lilac robe. Um, so... The first book we, we talked about, the first novella we talked about, was by Laurie London. Um, that was Enchanted by Blood. And this week, um, we're talking about... What are we talking about, Abigail? <laughs> what are we doing? <sighs> we're talking about Monsters Don't Do Christmas. Monsters Don't Do Christmas. What a title. Well... The title isn't what I find so funny. Um. <laughs> what? Just, what? like, this is, I'm just going into this. I want you all to know that I am sorry. I am sorry for what I am going to tell you about halfway through this episode because it is, um, it is rough. It is, it is a rough thing we're going to have to go through together. We're going to have to hold hands. We're going to have to do our breathing exercises. And we're going to have to just come to terms with what we can and cannot change. And what we cannot change is the plot of this novella. <laughs> so, <laughs> onward we go. Um, but before we do that, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do pluggables here because not everyone listens to the, to the end. Um, but... Uh, like I said in the, the previous episode, I've got a serial coming out on Patreon, patreon.com slash works by Abigail, all one word. It's called Consort's Glory. It's about an elf and a witch in a world that is like ours, but fucking super different. Um, and um, I've, I don't know how to summarize this stupid book in one sentence. It's just, I don't know. It's like a bomb. Like, Y'all, it's, it's thrilling. It's sexy. Oh, I mean, I just, how I sold it is, like, two turbo virgins and uh, faded mates situation in a world where, like, orcs and, like, vampires and and elves and witches and what all all have, like, separate pieces of the United States. And they they are, uh, it's always, it's a big mess. It's all a big mess. Um, And, um, (laughs) poor Teddy. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Poor, poor Teddy. But poor it's Teddy. fun. The the cover is out. Go look at that. I'm gonna have um, short stories releasing on Patreon for December and January that 
one of them is going to be set. It looks like that's what people are voting on. Um, it's going to be set actually in in the universe itself. So, ooh, yeah. So it's all about a, a changeling trapped in an enchanted terrarium who's rescued by a grumpy demon. Um, so, if you want to read any of that, go to Patreon.com/slash Works by Abigail. Link in the description below. Paige, do you do your thing here while I queue up my book. <laughs> okay, uh, you can find me at my uh, imprint shop, imprint.com slash page Hughes, P-A-G-E-H-U-E-S. You can also follow me on Instagram by the same handle, link in description. Um, Have a good day, y'all. Make sure you eat your vegetables. You sound like you're saying goodbye. We're just starting this. We're just starting this. Don't tell them to go eat their vegetables. You eat vegetables after. I, I, I'm just telling them to eat their vegetables, you know? You can tell anyone to have a good day, like, any time that you want. I hope you have a good day. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, you know, we'll see how we feel. We'll circle back around by the end of this. <laughs> we'll you know what? Less, less pluggable. If you haven't had a glass of water, go get a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't had any water yet today. Anyway. Fucking Abigail. Um, <laughs> I had some coffee, and that was about it. And also some hash browns, because that's my life now, is all hash browns. Okay, so... Today, we are talking about Monsters Don't Do Christmas by Michelle Hoff. Now, this story takes place in New York City, the Big Apple, that place I've never been. Oh, really? Nice. Never been to New York City. Been to New York State. Um, I spent a week in Cooperstown. <laughs> Where is that? It's like the baseball... Town. Oh, yeah. In, yeah, in like New York. Um, and it was, I had a really good time there. Not that I was doing any of the baseball, my cousin was, and I was just invited to tag along. Um, and I just vibed. It was, it was a cool place. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, this this takes place in New York, and it is obviously involves a vampire, because we're talking about vampires for Christmas, obviously. Um, and uh, our, main, our main characters today are Daniel and Olivia. Um, so. I'm sorry. There's just a part of this story that I get stuck on mentally and I can't move past it. And I can't like. So Daniel, we begin the story with Daniel getting the shit kicked out of him in an alleyway by a couple of werewolves. God. (laughs) Just no explanation. They just kind of hate him. I don't know why. Like I, I felt like werewolf werewolves were getting a bad rap in this story um we encounter them a few times and they're always just like these big thugs who just like beat up random vampires who aren't doing anything wrong and who also like make very threatening overtures to our main heroine for no reason yeah like really fucked up shit and it's like and they're kind of just like all thugs and terrible people apparently um and abigail what you know things Oh, phew, look, we'll see. What are you, what are you, what are you leading into? Why is it that it tends to be vampires versus werewolves and, and they hate each other so much? I see that a lot. I think, honestly, it's because um, in paranormal writing, typically, like, you... You reach a certain threshold of, um, like, paranormal species in a, in a, in a universe. And either you have one or two or a handful of secret paranormal creatures roaming around the earth, or you have a lot. And if you only have a few and they are 
two very, very different species, like, say, vampires, right? And werewolves are two very different things, paranormally speaking. I think that it's a kind of natural storytelling tactic to have them pitted against each other. I think that's just, it's just like, yeah, you know, the two biggest factions in this underground paranormal universe are vampires and werewolves, and they've been beefing for 10,000 years, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's just... Because it's a much more interesting story than to be like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they kind of have nothing against each other and they're fine and they, you know, you know, whatever. Um, you know, usually that only happens when they're like fine with each other. Um, it usually only happens like when there's a much wider paranormal universe. Right. Um, uh, you know, Cressley Cole kind of has the trope of like vampires and werewolves kind of being against each other. But the vampires, a lot of the vampires in Cressley Cole's universe, for instance, are downright evil and like insane so Uh that kind of makes more sense um whereas like yeah it's just i think it's just a it's just shorthand for conflict i think i think that's about it um i don't think there's any sort of like greater mythological you know basis for that um although that would be that would be cool i also just think it's funny that like i mean you could actually hold on I don't think this is true across the board, but I do think it is funny to compare um, the traits that vampires have usually in fiction uh, as opposed to in real life, <laughs> whatever, um, as being sort of cat-like. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> Whereas werewolves is dogs. So, I can, okay. I could see that. So if, if, if vampires is cats and werewolves is dogs, they don't like each other, don't you know? <laughs> And sunlight That's is fair. water. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I yeah. So I, I, I'm gonna go with that explanation from now on because that's funny. But like, I, I genuinely think that it's just, it's just, it was a trope that somebody put in there because they, they just decided to plunk two mythological, you know, beings in one story, and we're like, what would it be like? Oh, they, what if they hated each other? Let's do a conflict. You know, that's it. Um. So Daniel's getting beat up, and uh, Daniel isn't doing great like this is another case of like vampires don't have much going for them unfortunately like in the first one like he kind of like he isn't he he has like a little bit of enhanced strength i think um and that's hey that's about it we i don't even know he only daniel has only been a vampire for a year at the start of this so i don't even know like what his like aging abilities are like what what's going on with that but he's just a dude daniel is that is hey that's it daniel's just a dude straight up a dude okay so i uh with this anthology i know that it, it's yeah. you said it's four different stories written by yeah. four different authors this is number two yeah this is number two uh is it the same universe no no no, no. okay no um yeah if this was the same universe as the last one daniel would have like probably been taken care of as opposed to just being like changed and then like left to you know rot essentially. Gotcha. Um, he he wouldn't have this. Hopefully, hopefully he wouldn't have been uh, in the same situation. But um, in this universe, it is Christmas time. It's like a week away from Christmas, and Daniel is in an alleyway getting beat up by like three different werewolves for no reason. I guess um, Daniel is a former stockbroker. I guess he's like a big Wall Street guy. Whose nickname was the killer? Oh gosh! So you know he was a great person before this. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I 
I just, when I got to the point where he was like a stock bro, I was like, oh, this is great. Okay. Uh, and of course that is long behind him because he is no longer that because he's now a vampire and his life has fallen apart. And he's a little, he's a little whiny baby about it. He like complains all the time about how he's a monster and how his life was stolen from him. And I guess, you know, I can, I can, I can sympathize. Um, but again, he really hasn't changed that much. So, um, maybe don't be a little bitch about it, I guess is, is it. Um, but he is saved in the alleyway by, uh, a woman who has obviously just been grocery shopping and she sees these three giant men beating up this other quite large man and just like intervenes and is like, Hey, stop that. (laughs) Hey, stop that. Basically. And then, and they do, and they do stop it. Um, and which is incredible. (laughs) Just like, well, everyone's that would not away. happen in real <laughs> no. life, but you know, it's a it's sure. a it's a book, so I'll I'll okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and and she introduces herself, and she's like, "My name's Olivia," and he's like, "I don't give a shit." Uh, but you're cute, I guess. Oh. Um, well, he, I mean, he did just get like, he did just get saved from a humiliating just beat down for nothing, uh, right? Yeah, by I, a lady. I, I can't. Yeah, I don't like, think I would be in in like the best mood either if that no, were. No, he were was me. already he was already having a, having a time, and he he didn't he wasn't super super enthused. Um, and apparently he was getting beaten up right in front of her apartment, and so he's she's like, well, why don't you come up? Because you're like got the shit kicked out of you. Like I've got a first aid kit. Why don't you come up? And he's like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. Don't worry about it. And she's like, no, just come up. And he follows her up. And um, she has this like little apartment, you know, it's this like nice little place. And, and, and of course he heals very quickly and she immediately discovers that he's a vampire, um, which kind of, again, this was another one where I felt like, why aren't, I, I genuinely had to go back and reread a few times because the way that she was so chill about it and the way that everyone was so chill about it made me be like, are vampires out in this universe? Yeah. And they're, and they're not. They're not. But, but she has so little reaction to it. Like, they discuss it a lot that he's a vampire. But she's, like, immediately like, oh, yeah, sure, you're a vampire. Okay. And then what they discuss is, like, whether he's going to bite her or not. And that's it. She doesn't, like, have any reaction to the fact that, like, the supernatural oh. exists or, like, any of that. It's just, like, whatever. Sure, that's fine. Love it. Um, I love that. Like, I love the idea of her, like, listening to all, like, the... Uh like conspiracy podcasts and like her doing research at the library and she's like oh i had a hunch yeah i figured i figured that would make more sense um if she wasn't what she is and what olivia describes herself as is a monster um and you're thinking oh well she's paranormal too okay then that totally tracks no um do you want to guess what olivia does for a living she's a monster she's a monster she's a terrible human being yeah. Terrible human being. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um is she a dentist? No. Um she's the next Celine Dion. Okay. That's a quote. What an interesting quote. So she is a rising pop star who is 100% shamelessly based on Mariah Carey. Um like like at one point she does a a, a show in like Union Square or whatever the fuck. Um, and she's wearing, you know, that, like, that Mariah Carey, uh, uh, Christmas dress that- Oh, 100% I know that dress. With with the fur ruffle around the shoulders. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could sing the song right now, but that is definitely not royalty free. And Mariah, she would sue us. She would. 
<laughs> just for just for a lack of talent, if anything. Um, yeah, so it's like she so she's a monster. Self-described. She is as much of a monster as he is, which objectively Okay. Untrue. Very strange way of looking at yourself. And she is <laughs> Her journey is that she is currently trying to find herself because her mom died a couple of years ago and she has, and her mom was her manager. And since then she's had trouble making any decisions. So she's like so indecisive and she's like looking for approval everywhere. Um, But now that her mom's gone, she can't find it. So she's like, she's, she's retreated to her holiday spot, which is this little apartment where no one knows who she is while also doing like occasional gigs in San, in um, San Francisco, in New York. Um, around the holidays uh and she's a rising star but like she's kind of flagging a little bit because of this um and that's why she's a monster i guess which i guess objectively mariah carey is a monster we do know that so that's (laughs) i guess she's not wrong um so my biggest gripe i just want to just i need to get this off my chest i've been thinking about it from the moment we started talking about this my biggest gripe with this book is that their relationship begins with she just wants to she just wants to have sex with him. She's like, I want to have sex with somebody who's like not a groupie, who's like not a not a famo, nothing okay. like that. And he's like, I have had a really rough year, and I, I could do, I could do with a little. Bit. He's still like fucking beat up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he's like, he's like, you know what? That's fine. Uh, I could, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and they, they don't have sex at first. Like they end up like kissing and, um, and he like shows her his fangs and stuff. And it's like, see, I'm a monster. And she's like, ooh, la la. All right. And we get the impression too, which is again, another reason I thought that like vampires were out in the story was, is that he has encountered, uh, if, if you watched, uh, True Blood. He's encountered fangbangers in his time as a vampire. In the year he's been a vampire, he's encountered people what? who just want to fuck vampires, which... Oh, same. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is like... What a what a name. Yeah. Oh, have you... Wait, have you watched True Blood? No. That's amazing, because that's your dad's favorite show. <laughs> I didn't watch it with him. <laughs> but I thought you would have watched it, like, out of curiosity, especially because of, like, my history with it. Um, I mean, I just don't have, I, I just don't Oh, oh, oh well, you drive. got time, to, okay, well, you got the time to watch, to watch Midnight Mass, but you won't watch, you won't watch Troop Blood. I see how, it, I see how it is. In my defense, Midnight Mass is, is a much so much show. shorter than True Blood. Oh, it's, yes, that also, <laughs> it is also just a better show. Um, yeah, but like, isn't that weird that he would have encountered humans who just want to fuck vampires already despite the fact that he has only been a vampire for a year and everything is secret right like i just feel like how many people like are you socializing with he doesn't even know his his maker like he was he was his maker was like a bunch of vampires who ganged up on him in an alleyway and drained his blood and then he got turned into a vampire and like that's it so like it's not even like he's been introduced into like vampire culture he's just kind of wandering around new york um it's just it's just a strange detail is all is all I'm saying. Um but that being said, they they don't immediately have sex. But like 
she's like, I want to prove to you that I'm that I'm a monster, just as much of a monster as you. So she she invites him to see what she does in Union Square and doesn't tell him that she's a she's a famo because she's like amazed that he doesn't know who she is. He, he doesn't know Olivia Adorata, which is her name. Um, mm-hmm. And he shows up and he sees her do the Mariah Carey thing on the stage. And it's like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> fucking leaves good <laughs> he's like oh shit she's real cute and i like i like her style and whatever and i like her whole vibe but like fuck that which is exactly how i react um yeah i would uh not like to ever no date a famous person that sounds no. terrible so he oh, I'm, so, I'm really sorry that you have to know me podcast famous is different <laughs> I'm not even that. That's the sad. That's the saddest part. I'm not even that. I'm, I'm but the speck of dust in the moat of the podcast internet, <laughs> floating to be breathed in and coughed out later. I don't know. You're really popular in um. Oh shit! What's the country where you? <laughs> oh, Dubai. Yeah, Dubai. You're you're bopping in Dubai. Yeah, people. Yeah, I'm really really fucking popular in Dubai. Hey y'all, what's up? And like with one person in the Philippines. Anyway, um, what begins now in this point of the story? So he has left her concert, and he's like, you know, no. Um, <laughs> is that what happens several times after this? It happens three separate times in this short novella. She follows. She has her driver follow him. Like, she get, hops Ew. in the back of her, like, limo. I, although I think the first time it's in a taxi. She has a taxi driver following, which is even weirder. Um, she's giving and, me skeevy vibes. Yeah. She's, like, obsessed with this guy. Um, just because, like, he's different, I guess. Like, it was very strange. He's and not so, like other boys. He's, I mean, he's literally not. He's a vampire. So I guess I get it. Um, I would probably also be a little bit hung up on that, too. Um, and so she, like, follows him and is like, do you see now that I'm a monster? And she's, like, wearing her, like, outfit. Mariah Carey, like, Santa (laughs) outfit. leaning out of, like, the the backseat of a cab, essentially. And and, and he's like, yeah, I I see what you're talking about now. I don't think you're a monster, but I don't want any part of that. And she's like, that's fair. Do you still want to have sex, though? And he's like, yeah, I can do with it. All right. So So this is the part. This is the part that gets me because they go back to her apartment. They begin to do the do, but before they do that, as they're getting naked and getting frisky, they put on a little bit of mood music. Is it her music? Please tell me it is. No, it's not. Is it Mariah Carey? No, it's not. What is it? It's Michael Bublé. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> it's Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Uh, don't get me wrong. Okay, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Michael Bublé. I love to like. I like his Christmas album. I like to listen to it when I'm working. But I. Oh. But to canonically have your characters fuck for the first time oh. to the sweet, sweet straits what of Michael Bublé. What a fucking choice. What a choice. Oh my god. Like, I had to put the book down. I like, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was so much for me. Like, I can... Just like imagine someone's like, oh, let me just turn on the radio. He, he canonically, in the book... On in print in human words, goes up to her stereo, t- 
turns it on and goes, oh, I love this song. And fucking cranks Michael Bublé. Does it say what song? No, it doesn't. But, like, they dance to it naked and then they fuck. And I'm like, I can't. Like, I I can't. What a choice. What a choice that is. Oh, God. Michael Bublé. Crying. This hurts so bad. It hurt me. It's an incredible amount of psychic damage that it did to me. Again, again. I like Michael Bublé, but. It's not sex music, though. It's not. It's super not. That is, that is... Turn on some hoobastank like the God-fearing people you are! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, so that was, like, that was the most notable part of this story. Honestly, like, I couldn't get past that. Like, I... Oh my god, neither could I. So, like, there's, like, a whole subplot with, like, him having to, like, go and help out this, like, homeless family that, like, it's a mom and two daughters, and the mom was turned like he was, except that she's been fighting the, like, blood hunger, which means that what he didn't know when he got turned was that if you go through the first full moon after being turned without eating, uh, blood, obviously, um, you, you go back to being human. Like, your body, like, fights the oh. contagion off, and it doesn't, like, stick. And so you can go back to being who you are. Uh, which sucks for him, because he didn't know that, obviously. But, um... Uh, so he is, like, trying to help out this mother who's, like, fighting it, and it's, like, the last days before the full moon, and so she's, like, really, really struggling and, like, threatens to, like, eat her kids, and, like, it's fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. And they, like... Are like, oh, you know, we can't be committed to each other. Like, how could we ever make it work? And also he's like, I don't do commitment, and yada, yada. Um, and then they, like, she proves how much of a good person she is by, like, showing up and buying the girls hot chocolate while he's in there trying to help the mom and all this stuff and what all. Um, and then, And then at the end, like, you're not sure that he's gonna... He, it looks like they're not gonna actually be together. I fucking frankly forget what the main conflict is in the end. Because honestly, <laughs> honest, to, honest to Christmas, I I was blinded. I was blinded. <laughs> blinded by the Michael Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> the utter... Oh. Just like the, the, the sheer shock <laughs> the, of turning uh, on a stereo. I really wish they said what song. I don't think they could have gotten away with that. I mean, maybe they could have. I don't know. I think it would have ruined it for me. I've, I already feel like Michael Bublé has been ruined. But like that, if I had known what song, it would have been It would have been a knife. It would have been over. It would have been a knife to my heart. Because I just it would have been done. I wonder um, if it was one of his Christmas songs. It had to be one of his. It had to be one of his Christmas songs. Not, it's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas songs are not sexy though. Well, hey, some of them are. What Please songs, Abigail? What songs? Please, Navi Dad. The least Navi Dad. <laughs> Whatever Christmas song you two did, I don't remember. <laughs> the one with Lizzie McGuire. Stop. <laughs> anyway. Um, what a weird, what a weird episode of that show, huh? Aaron Carter, Aaron Carter, and you two. Anyway, um, at least I think it was you two. It was you two, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Who was it? Um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we gotta look this up now. Hold on, Lizzie McGuire Christmas special, not the one with Aaron Carter. Extreme Christmas, extreme Xmas. I'm sorry. Hold on. 
Uh, rock and roll Christmas float. Destroys Wait. Wait, what the f- Am I- Am I- Am I having a stroke? Lizzie fervently hopes to win the grand prize in the Christmas parade with her idea for a rock and roll Christmas float. The rest of the Maguire family are there, and they are charmed by an eccentric old man in an elf suit who calls himself Nobby Frosty Bump and seems to really believe that he's one of Santa's elves. Yeah, I remember Nobby. That was- <laughs> What?! What? <laughs> okay, but who, who was who was the rock star? I'm sorry, I got distracted by Nobby Frosty Bump. Fuck. Um, it's not who. It's not. <laughs> How are you not showing me this? <laughs> How is that not the first fucking thing that comes up? <laughs> okay, I see. Okay, Steven Tyler. What fucking band was Steven Tyler in? Hold on. I don't fucking know this. This is embarrassing. Oh, someone's going to get real upset that we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? Aerosmith. Uh, Aeros. Woof. Hey, someone's really mad that I said you too. <laughs> hey, yeah, some, hey, someone's pissed that hey. you said you too and, and then pissed at us for not knowing who Steven Tyler is. Hey, real quick, why was Aerosmith on an episode of Lizzie McGuire? You don't need to ask that. Aaron Carter makes sense. Sarah Smith less so. Anyway, um, the fucking end of this story is that uh, as she's about to leave to go back to her her like life of fame and fortune, he shows up at the last minute, and they're like, "Actually, I do think we can be together, um, or at least we can be together. We can like figure out how to make this work. You know, whatever." Um, and uh, a a photographer shows up and like tries to take pictures of her and is like gonna expose her little secret hideout and stuff and he gets like really pissed and so he threatens the photographer and makes everything like so much worse, um, and also exposes the fact that he's a vampire to this paparazzo who doesn't give a <laughs> shit. Yeah, uh, and so he like breaks his camera and all this stuff and she's like, you can't do that actually. Like you cannot do that. It's like a terrible thing to do. And so he's like, done. No, no, no. Don't even worry about it, baby. And so he like. <laughs> reveals at the last minute that he has fucking vampire mind powers and wipes the paparazzo's mind. And it's just like, go on your way. And the guy's like, thanks, buddy, and leaves. And it's like, you could do that the whole time! You didn't have to break the camera. You didn't have and to do any of that. So two seconds after this is done, and they're like, oh, actually, that was wonderful. Everything's fine now. Great. Let's go, like, enjoy our last moments in New York before uh-huh. we figure out how the fuck we're going to have this relationship together. But bum the werewolves show up. Um... <laughs> And uh, immediately threaten Olivia and like put a knife to her throat for some reason. They're just like, I don't, there's no reason for any of this. They're just like, they're super not. They're just dicks, I guess. Okay. Um, And um, so Daniel like lures them away and gets in a fight with them and realizes that the only way that he can take down this werewolf is by using a weapon, which he doesn't have because apparently vampires don't have like claws or fuck all. Um, So he. Pulls out the gift that he had gotten for Olivia from like a liquor store, and it it's like a it's like a fake silver ornament of like a of of a, a fucking what a snowflake, and he and he stabs the werewolf in the throat with it. What the fuck? What is it? <laughs> he just like Wait, slashes him. Things went from like a two to a ten so fast. <laughs> yeah. 
You ever stab someone with an ornament snowflake? Slashes him in the fucking throat with an ornament and then just like wanders back to her apartment and is like, oh no, where did Olivia go? And she fucking pulls up in a limo and it's like, get in! We'll make this work somehow. And he's like, you sure about that? And he's like, she's like, yes, I don't care that you're covered in werewolf blood or whatever and my driver's gonna see you and we're, I don't I, I guess he's just gonna abandon his apartment that he has in New York to go live with her. I don't know. He climbs in the back and is like, let's do this then. I think the the last line Oh, let me, let me just going to read. I'm just going to read you the last couple of paragraphs here. All right. Um, he kissed her deeply. To monster love, he whispered. We can do this. Of course we can. But can we make a stop before going to my other place? Where? She tugged out a set of keys from her pocket. I think I know a family who could use my apartment until their mother can find a job. Did I tell you I love you? You did. Merry Christmas, my monster lover. <sighs> I'm exhausted. I didn't that was, even read that was this. exhausting. That was exhausting. Like again, none of this. Like it, it's like they know how to write the story, but they don't fucking know how to finish it ever yeah. in any of these trade uh, uh, anthologies. They 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 are going full steam ahead for the first hundred pages or whatever, yeah. and then they get that last page and they're like, ah, I don't know. I guess I love you. Bye. Yeah, because it still sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it still sounds entertaining like it like it's a very silly premise and michael buble is still giving me like a seizure but <laughs> like a low-grade constant seizure for the rest yeah. of my life um uh, so just threw that in there for sex music is just still driving me crazy but like it's still like a fun premise like it's it's fun it's it's cute it like it's it's really silly and it and it's like for the holidays and it's mm-hmm. monster fucking and i love that yep. but then like at the very end they're like i love you okay we're gonna make it work out of like it out of like left my field. monster lover yeah oh. Oh. let's make out a little bit more in the, in oh. the let's go make out in the taxi it was a limo excuse you it was a limo that somehow makes it worse. It does make it worse. I can't quite identify why, but it does make it worse. Um, because a limo in New York City is is uh, annoying. It's all it's all annoying. All of it's annoying. The fact that she's basically Mariah Carey is annoying. The fact that he was a stockbroker is annoying. The fact that he apparently has no good qualities or offensive abilities. Like he's a good person, obviously, but like the rest, yeah. like no, there's nothing else about him that's special. And then the fact that she's convinced she's a monster just because she's sort of famous, like is, uh, it's, but it's bananas. Bananas. It's absolutely bananas. It's just it's a it's a raucous tale that makes no sense with an ending that makes even less sense. It that um, it just does not make any sense to me whatsoever. I had a good time though. Yeah. That sounds like a great time. There's a whole bit about about Christmas cookies by the way. Oh. And also I want to say one thing that did annoy me about this was that, again, we had the wishy-washy moment of, this time it was on her, where she's like, I just want to take things as slow as possible with you. Like, I just, I really take this seriously. And he's like, I don't know about that. And then they have sex. And then the next morning, she tells him she loves him. And yeah, he's no. like, gotta That's... go. And he leaves. Oh, man. Which I respect that, because that would be fucking weird if somebody was like, I want to take this slow with you. And then immediately was like, actually, I love you. <sighs> the whiplash. The whiplash of it all. You either... Yeah, commit to one thing. I know, I know, I know. Stand by the strength of your convictions. Um, so yeah, that's that's you know, that's it for that one. I 
it's... <sighs> I guess we'll talk briefly here because we got a little bit of time um, about one that we're not going to cover because I didn't finish reading it because I fucking... It was just baffling from the start and I, I had just... I have too much to do to really commit to that at this moment in time. But it's called When Herald Angels Sing. Um, when Herald Angels Sing. Hey, that's the and- song. Yeah. It's another royalty-free song. I could sing that one. Hey, if in case you were wondering, this is the only one with really strong Christian overtones, by which I mean one of the main characters is an angel, and then the other one um, is a vampire whose soul she is trying to save because he has apparently never, uh, he's never killed anyone, so he is, his soul has not been damned to hell, um, and Satan is desperate to get his hands on his soul, so there's, like, a cosmic battle going on for this guy's soul. That's actually, um, like, kind of everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a lot. It's, like, all It's like all of the Christian stuff, actually. <laughs> um, and, and the angel uh, has, at this point, at the time that the book starts, fallen in love with this guy several times in different bodies, because she's, like, so she's the one in charge of, like, making sure he doesn't kill anybody. Uh-huh. And so they keep encountering each other. And he keeps falling in love with her, and then she keeps getting killed. Oh. Uh, and then coming back in, like, a different body, and he falls in love with her again, and then she gets killed by the same guy every time, because there's this dude who just fucking hates this guy. And so Wait, why do I love this? Her. This is so cool. The problem is, like, it made no sense. Like, the it actually made no sense when reading it. Like, I'm Aww. summarizing it in a way that makes more sense. But, like, there's, like, pirates involved. There's, oh. like, it's, like... I thought it was, like, a reincarnation situation at first where, like, he's lived long enough that his his lover keeps being reborn. It, for whatever reason, takes place in the 1920s. Um, she is dropped off, bloody and beaten, wrapped up in a carpet by his arch ne- nemesis at his door. Oh. It, like, as, like, a honeypot, I guess. And then his arch nemesis also wants wants her and his like prize for making sure that this guy ends up killing because he's working for satan um is that he gets her and also gets to ruin this guy's life and like that's that's the conflict i that is bro i got like 15 pages in so like that is i i I read that and i was like i i don't think i can that's <laughs> right too now, much. I don't think I can. Also, like, the writing was kind of confusing itself, and I think that's mainly why I was like, I, I just can't. I can barely follow this. Uh, um, that's such a shame, because the premise is really fucking cool. The premise is really cool. Her name is Angelina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's... His, name is, and his name is Damien. Oh. Mm. That's a like, choice. It's like de- it's like demon. Get it? Yes, I know. It's like a- yes. Angel- Angelina. And, uh, I I and, got and, it. And Dame Damien. I understand. Did you get it? Yes. Anyway. Fuck! I just slipped to a random page. What? <laughs> <laughs> Softly, he whispered, "Forgive me, my love." Pain burst from the spot on her neck as he bit down, and she experienced the pull of his mouth, drawing in sustenance. Soon, however, desire snaked through her body, and plenty obliterated all of their sensation. Damien fed from her. Nothing he had ever tasted had ever been as glorious or as potent. Angel's blood. So clean and vital. So beautiful, he thought, as he sucked hard, feeding from her. There's This goes on for a long time. Um... 
damn, I don't know what the deal is with that, but that's like like 10 pages from the end. Anyway, um wild. Something about a guy named Ramirez. God's a main character in this. It's like a whole thing. Um I will probably eventually get to that, but at the moment I <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do it. It was a lot. It was like it was too much. So I yeah. So that was that was Monsters don't do Christmas, except for when they do. Um, and also all fucking whatever the hell the other title was. Herald Angels Sing. So. All right. That's it. That's it. Hey, that's it. We're This is content. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, do you want to do Plungables? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, once again, uh, you can... Find my imprint store, imprint.com slash page hues, P-H-E-H-U-E-S. You can find me on the same handle on Instagram. Um, Still go get that glass of water. I should yeah, if you got a glass, glass of, water of water when I told you to get a glass of water, go get another glass of water. That's a lot of water. God, stay fucking hydrated. Well, we'll see. Uh, is that it? Is that it? Is that all yeah. you're going to do? For yeah. Puggles? Okay, well, then I guess I'll do my Pugwells. You heard it at the beginning, but, you know, find me on social media at Kingdom Thirst everywhere except for places that I'm not, or Abigail K. Kelly on Twitter. I want to actually put a note in here. I have an old Instagram account that is under Abigail K. Kelly. Yes, that is me. I don't use it. It's got a bunch of stuff from art school in it. It's just, it, I considered cleaning it up and then making that my professional author account. And then I didn't. I made a Works by <laughs> Abigail account. It was like a whole thing. I'm using neither, frankly. I'm, I just use the Kingdom Thirst account on, on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should keep the brand separate. And then I was like, no one gives a shit. So that's what I'm doing. So like, in case you're that's confusing, follow Works by Abigail if you want to follow me personally. But I post all of the same stuff on Kingdom Thirst. So don't even trip, dog. Um, but I am Abigail K. Kelly on Twitter. And I do post my personal stuff slash like updates for concerts glory and all that stuff there um as well as i try to cross post to the kingdom thirst twitter as well um you can email me at kingdom thirst gmail.com uh yeah you can visit our merch store uh i think it's kingdom thirst.redbubble.com all the links to all of this are below always you can check any episode and they're all going to be there and then my patreon is patreon.com slash not kingdom thirst it's works by abigail good mm. lord um and that's about it check in next week we're gonna have the final episode for the for the the holiday special here um and this one this one's my favorite so it's gonna be it's i'm gonna excited be to talk about it yeah it's gonna be a these, good time these these short stories have been have been wild yeah they've all been just absolutely absurd so this, this one this one is maybe the tamest but also my favorite so that's what we're doing all right, so see you next week. Bye. Bye. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.